rest for my crazy day, my packed commute, all those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Whew. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Redskins, your daily podcast on the Washington Redskins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Redskins. I'm your host, Zach Hicks, and welcome to the first ever Friday show of Locked On Redskins. <laughs> I, I know it's a Friday show. I typically don't record on Fridays, but I didn't record on Monday because of some work things that came up. So here we are on Friday, breaking down the last little bit of the 49ers and Redskins game before this weekend's matchup. But before we kind of jump into that, I do want to address the big elephant in the room that we are all thinking right now. Yes, DC sports are cursed. They are 100% cursed. I've known this for, I've accepted this for like a couple years now. I've, <laughs> I was born into this. I've been a DC fan my whole life for all 20 years of my life, or I guess, you know, 15 years, whatever, of watching sports. I know that this, this city is cursed. I know that we are never going to win anything. I, I've already accepted this. I'm dead on the inside as a sports fan. It is horrible to watch. I understand. So all of you Nationals fans, I completely understand your pain. Just, just so you guys have some stats to go with it, though, the Nationals, so I'm only going to go by my lifetime here. The Nationals have won their division four times since 1997. So in the 20 years I've been alive, the Nationals have won the, their division four times, 2012, 2014, 2016, 2017, and they've never made it to the conference semifinals. Okay, that's only one sport. That's only one sport. It's only baseball, so maybe the Capitals are better. In my lifetime, the Capitals have won the division nine times, 1999, 2001, 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010, 2012, 2015, and 2016. How many times they made it to the conference finals? Zero. Now, the Wizards and Redskins, clearly not as much. The Wizards have won it once, since 1997, which is in 2017, and the Redskins have won it three times, 1999, 2012, and 2015. So and those are just division titles. That's not even counting playoffs. The, none of these DC sports teams have even made it to the conference finals. We have an 18-year conference finals drought. We have not been to a conference final since the 1999 Capitals, who went on to get swept in the Stanley Cup finals by the Detroit Red Wings. We have a 26-year title drought here in D.C., so all is looking good here in D.C. Clearly, we are loving life, but seriously, though, I was I was hopeful that the Nationals would get the win last night, especially when they jumped to the 4-1 to lead. It's, it's just never meant to happen, I guess. I don't know. I, I guess it's just saving up for that one time that we do win. It's going to be the most magical experience ever because we'll finally see the uh, Washington team win something. But as of right now, it, it is hard to watch. It is really hard to watch these, these D.C. teams every single year make the playoffs with an outstanding record and just never never win anything. And the Capitals especially are the hardest because, again, it's been nine times since 97. I, was, I became a fan in 05 of them, so I've seen them make the playoffs, I think, seven times in 10 years, or win their, win their division seven times in 10 years, and they're just so hard to watch. But, I mean, hopefully our teams are on up and up. Capitals are still good, as of course. The Nationals are going to be good, even if they lose Harper and all those other guys. And the, way, the thing I always say anyway is I would trade those other three sports, Capitals, Nationals, and Wizards. I would trade, I would, I would have them go winless for the rest of time. Never win another game in the history of their sport if I could see one Super Bowl by the Redskins. 
That's how hurt I am as a fan. I just want to see one Super Bowl win by the Redskins. So it would all definitely be made up for if the Redskins can somehow win a Super Bowl in these next couple years. And I'm really hoping for it. This team is good. Uh, you've heard me talking about a lot about this team. They are on the up and up. So maybe we'll see in the next couple of years. But again, I'm not going to get my hopes up because I know the city is cursed. I'm not going to go into anything with my head held high because I, I just know with this city how cursed it is. But that that's just kind of like the darker <laughs> the darker look at it with the start of this podcast. Sorry to look at it that way, but I know all of you guys are thinking it. It is a horrible feeling right now. I hope all of you Nationals fans who had a lot of hope for it learn to get over this one because this is just one of many losses that you're going to endure in the next couple years. So just kind of get over them now. Get dead inside like I am to where their losses don't affect you anymore. That's where I'm at right now. So let them kill you on the inside. Don't let them get to you too much. Move on with your life. <laughs> to kind of jump into some actual Redskins news, though, and kind of get out that depressing DC curse thing, Navarro Bowman today was released by the 49ers. Now, that's that's really interesting. Now, I am definitely, definitely not saying the Redskins should sign him for two reasons. One, the last thing we need is another older player on this roster who's just going to take up playing time from younger guys. I love Zach Brown. He's been excellent as a middle linebacker this year. Mason Foster, again, has played really well despite a couple injuries. Martrell Spate, I, li- I think he has a bright future with this team. I think he is the future guy next to Zach Brown if we keep Zach Brown for this year. So those, I love those guys. And even Josh Harvey Clemens, who is a guy who we took in the seventh round, has some good potential as a dimebacker. So I love where the Redskins are at with their inside linebackers. That's one reason why I would not sign Bowman. Another reason is we just, he's going to cost too much. Look how much Joe Hayden got when he got on the market, when he got cut by the Browns this offseason. Or not this offseason, I think it was right before the season started. And he got, I think, like like $6 million a year somehow. There's no way I want to pay Bowman even near that. He's just not worth it. I, I like Bowman. I think he's a good player. He always will be one of the best players I've ever watched in the NFL, especially playing middle linebacker. But he's just not worth that money anymore. He is an older player who the, the 49ers moved on from because they have younger guys they like better. Overall, I just don't want to sign Bowman. I know I'm going to put, should the Redskins sign Bowman in, in my title here for some clickbait, but... <laughs> Yeah, I, I definitely don't think that the Redskins should go after Bowman. Let some other team throw big money at him. We are set at middle linebacker, at least for the time being. So I, I actually like I like our the state of our middle linebackers. So don't throw money at Navarro Bowman. And also, before I jump into which five players I think will have huge games this weekend for either team, I just want to go over the injury report real quick. It looks like DeShazer Everett and Rob Kelly are both doubtful for this weekend's game, so it's very unlikely they will play. Josh Norman and Ty Insecki have both been ruled out. Obviously, we, we've already known those two are not going to play. For the 49ers, Kyle Juszczyk has is, is been ruled out. That's that's a good kind of win for the Redskins, but he's not a huge enough player to where I'm saying it really affects the game. Again, the one to monitor, the one that I talked about like the whole entire podcast yesterday... Trent Williams has been listed as questionable for this week's game. He did not practice today. Jay Gruden came out and said that if Trent says he can go, he's going to play Trent. If Trent says he can't go, he's not going to play him. So it all comes down to the comfort level of Trent Williams. And, you know, I really hope he can go. I'm not going to go too much into it because, again, I I spent the whole podcast talking about it. But it's going to be huge to see if he can go or not. All right, to get into the main talking point of today's podcast, after all that grim stuff I just talked about earlier, 
I wanted to go over the top five players, not just overall players, I'm just the players who I think are going to perform really well in this week's game. I, it's not necessarily just Redskins players, so I'm going to throw in, I think, two 49ers players as well. But here's my top five players who I think are going to stand out in this game. Coming in at number five is 49ers tight end George Kittle. It's no secret that the Redskins are struggling so much to cover the tight end this year. I think they give up an average of 90 yards a game to the position. It might be more than that. I have to fact check there. But the Redskins cannot cover the tight end's position. Zach Brown is a run-first, a run-stopping first middle linebacker. He is not focused too much on the pass, so he attacks the run game, and tight ends can beat him over the middle. Mason Foster is more disciplined, but he has no chance in coverage against tight ends. He does not have the athleticism. And George Kittle is a super athletic t uh, tight end out of Iowa. He wasn't much of a pass catcher at Iowa, but this year he's proven that he does have some pass catching chops and he's playing really well and he's showing off the athleticism that a lot of us draft guys fell in love with. So George Kittle, you know, if you guys love fantasy or, or any of that kind of stuff, I would say pick up George Kittle this week, start him in some of your lineups because he's going to have a good game this week. Remember, before the Chiefs game, I did say Travis Kelsey was the one guy to watch. He's going to be the one guy who beats us, and he went off for 100 yards against us in a touchdown. So definitely watch for George Kittle this week. He's going to have a big game. I, I don't think the Redskins have an answer for him, especially with his athleticism. The next player who I expect to have a huge game this week, this one's for the Redskins. I'm not going to just go off on 49ers players, but I think Jameson Crowder finally has his big game. He has been hampered by his hamstring injury all year. I, I've suspected that. Jay Gruden came out today and actually did say he was still like hampered by that hamstring. And I think the bye week has given him some ample time to rest it up. So I think he's going to come out in this game a lot stronger than what he was the last couple weeks. And again, I, I talked a lot about it yesterday. The 49ers do not have the best secondary, do not have the best cornerback play. So I expect Jamison Crowder to kind of eat against this slot, the rookies that they have in the slot and all the inexperienced guys they have in the slot. So Jamison Crowder this week, I think he's going to go off for a big game. I, I don't expect, I don't think the 49ers have any player who can actually match up against him. And if Kirk Cousins is looking his way, especially with Jordan Reed back, Jordan Reed can take some coverage away. If Kirk is looking Crowder's way, Crowder's going to have a huge game. Alright, the next player that I think is going to have a huge game is a former Redskin, now on the 49ers. You guys all know who he is. I talked about him yesterday. Pierre Garçon is going to go off this week. I'm not going to put a stat total next to it. I'm not going to put any of that. I just think it's a tough matchup for Breland against an experienced, hardcore vet like like Pierre Garçon. And he's a physical receiver, man. He's he's going to be a tough matchup for Breland. So I expect Garçon to have a big game, especially because, you know, that revenge game thing that we always talk about when we're when we see guys come against their former teams. I think Garçon's going to have a little extra fire than what he normally does. And he already brings out a lot of fire. He is one of the most aggressive, tacking mindset players in the NFL. So I, I already expect him to kind of come out angry, and he's going to just be balling out against us. So the, the key to the Redskins is not stopping him, it's just containing him. Because I, I do think he has he is that kind of player who's going to go off against one of his former teams like we are. The next player who I expect to ball out this weekend is Ryan Kerrigan. Obviously, Ryan Kerrigan is a stud. You don't have to, I don't have to just, it's not a hot take to say he's going to have a great game. The 49ers offensive line has been really poor this year. Besides Joe Staley, who is average, he's not great at all, but Joe Staley at least holds his own on the left side. There is no one on that team who can block Kerrigan. Kerrigan is one of those guys who is always one of the most underrated players in the NFL every single year. He's going to get his 10 sacks a year, but he always does it in kind of games like this. He gets his three or four sacks in like one game, and I feel like he's going to come against like a weaker team like the 49ers. So I'm not going to call right now that I'm going to say he's going to come out and get 
four or five sacks against this 49ers team, but I do expect a really big game from him, and I don't think two, three sacks are out of the question for Kerrigan. So expect Kerrigan to have a huge game, maybe enforce a couple fumbles, and he might be a big factor in this game. The number one player who I think is going to explode this weekend, and he's going to be a star like he always does in kind of games like this, is Kirk Cousins. Now, this podcast you guys all know, is a big supporter of Kirk Cousins. I'm never going to be one of those people who says Kirk Cousins overrated or he sucks. I love Kirk Cousins, and I think this is the perfect game for him to explode. He has all of his weapons back. Jamison Crowder is back. Jordan Reed is back. Rob Kelly is out, but P. Ryan is not too big of a drop-off from him. Josh Doxson is a full participant all week in practice. He had the bye week to heal up whatever injuries he had. And Terrell Pryor hopefully gained more chemistry with Kirk over the bye week. So everything is set up for Kirk to have his biggest week of the season. Throw in that he's going against a defense who hasn't been outstanding this year, and the only kind of strength they have is their defensive line, where the Redskins have a strength at offensive line that can counter that. Throw in the fact that there's been a lot of rumors going around that Kirk Cousins wants to play for the 49ers next year. So he, even if that's, if those are true or not true, I'm not going to say, but if they are true, he's going to want to put on a show Sunday to kind of show off how good he is and to show that he's worth the money that they may potentially be giving him next year. So overall, this is a big week for Kirk, and I think he's going to step up to the stage because he, he's been stepping up all year. The last, three, the last two games were on prime time against really good opponents, and he stepped up. So I expect him to come out and play his best game of the year. I don't think it's absurd to say you know north of 300 yards, three touchdowns, and I think the offense is going to have an overall great game this Sunday. Alright guys, that's all I have for today. Be sure to tune in on Monday after the game to where I break down hopefully a Redskins victory. And I, you know what, I, I guess I should throw in a prediction here because I feel like I just kind of keep things ambiguous too much and you guys never get like guarantees or predictions from me. So I'm going to say the Redskins win this game this weekend 27-17. to I think Kirk throws for over 300 yards, over three touchdowns, or three touchdowns or more. And I don't think they have any answer for Kirk Cousins in this offense. I think the, the defense steps up and gets at least five sacks against Hoyer, and I think it's going to be an overall good game for the skin. So 27-17 is going to be my guess. Please don't attack me for it if it's wrong, because I'm sure it will be wrong. NFL is typically closer than what I usually think. But I, I do expect this this to be a new Redskins team that comes out and handles a weak opponent like this. So I'm, I'm expecting big things from the Redskins this week. Hopefully they don't disappoint like the Nationals did the other night. And overall, I think it's going to be a good game. So tune in Monday when I break down the game, and hopefully it's a big victory for the Skins.